of course. Uh, today, we have moved up the Kelly Victory Show from Wednesday to Tuesday because we will be traveling. We'll be away for about two weeks. Kelly will continue to do Wednesday shows, I believe, both Wednesdays, Susan, that while we are gone? Uh, no. I, one Wednesday. We have Pierre Corey coming up. And we also have another very exciting guest I will tell you about after the intro. Today, by popular demand, Ed Dowd is back. Uh, he was uh, extremely well uh, received by our audience and he has some extremely some interesting new information and a very exciting new project as well of course ed is a former wall street analyst founding partner at finance technology p-h-i-n-a-n-c-e new book is called cause unknown the epidemic of sudden death in 2021 and 2022 he is a data guy and he's just looking at the data and trying to give us information to to penetrate what is or is not going on so we'll get to that right after this our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And as usual on our Kelly Victory Days, I will interview the guests for a few minutes and then bring uh, Dr. Victory in here for her to have added a bit. Uh, the exciting guest that's coming up the day after Thanksgiving, which is November 25th. Maybe you should throw that picture up there, Caleb. Uh, there, Tulsi Gabbard coming in here on the 25th. Should be very interesting. She uh, responded to a DM I sent her and uh, said she'd come on, and then we lost track for a while, and then she... Out of the blue, uh, sought me out and said she wanted to be on the program. So off we go. She is somebody I admire, I'm interested in. I'm not sure if I agree on everything with her, but as always, bring things to the light, have conversation. That that is really my goal in, in all of these in all of these shows we're doing. So today again, it's Ed Dowd for a command performance. He's a Wall Street analyst. He wrote a book, Cause Unknown: The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And he has been examining the data. He has a new project he is launching and announcing here today. And he has an update on that data. Ed, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me again on, Dr. Drew. Pleasure to be here. You bet. Do you want to give your announcement first or would you like to review some of the data that's updated? Let me, let me just, before I announce the project, we call it the Humanity Project. I'll just kind of update you guys on since my appearance in September, some new data. The bottom line is uh, disability continues to rise in this country. We went to a new high in September, uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. In the month of September, we had 990,000 disabled people. And then it's come back a little bit in, in October, but the trend is clearly up and to the right. This was a stock chart. I would own it and, and uh, you know, be pitching it as a stock to own. So, you know, nine, 990,000 is the size of San Francisco. This is becoming alarming, to say the least. Uh, before COVID, it was running absolute numbers uh, around 29 to 30 million annually. Now it's at 33.2 million disabled Americans. Um, and again, this is a real-time survey. It's uh, just people saying that they are disabled or someone in their household is disabled. It's not 
tied to a doctor's note or a claim in the uh, Social Security disability system. So it's a real-time survey, and that keeps going up, and, and that has me concerned. Um, and do we know, secondly, do we have any any penetration into that data? What kind of symptoms, what sorts of disability? No, they don't break it down by that, but they do break it down by uh, age and uh, and and work, whether you're working or not working, or whether you're a man or, or a woman. And the last time I was on, unfortunately, the, the numbers still show that, un- that the employed population, which is about 98 to 100 million, is experiencing, you know, 25% disability increase rate versus the general population, which is 7%. So something's going on with our workforce. Um, you know, you know my thesis on that. It's it's the vaccines, but you know it needs to be examined, at least discussed, and it's being ignored, not even talked about. It's not a news story. It's not even something that's on anybody's radar screen. It's a huge problem, and you know I'll talk later in the show, but this is going to have implications for economic. Uh, growth going forward. It leads to inflation. The more people are disabled, that this continues to grow. It leads to um, people missing work hours, taking care of the disabled in their home. And it's going to have impact on goods and services because there will just be a constant shortage of labor around the country. And I, again, I'm I'm just so curious what what this what these numbers represent. What's in there? Because there's a, a lot of candidates in addition to the vaccine. Let, can we talk a little bit about the excess death data again? Because I had something I wanted to go over with you there, which was uh, Vinay Prasad brought this up, and I thought it was a good point. What is our model for anticipated deaths? How do we know that we have the right number to in order to document excess death? You have to you have to build a model that tells you what the anticipated death rate should be. How do we know that we got that model right? That's, that actually leads right to the question of the humanity project. So it's a great question. So um, there's lo- different ways of coming at it. And I have uh, two partners, uh, Carlos and Yuri, who are both PhD physicists. They're in my he- uh, we started a hedge fund a couple months ago, but we're not raising capital right now. We're working on this project because it's so important to get this out to the world. So we've been focused on this and delaying the raising of capital. And basically, they put out on the website uh, uh, two methodology papers, one for the UK and one for the US, on how to calculate what's the correct baseline from which to calculate the excess death rates. And um, they use an adjusted uh, uh, population trend model because if you have a, a population that is growing, It'll it'll um, uh, make uh, estimations uh, on the wrong side, or if it's decreasing. So they trend adjusted for population. Then they also uh, project forward what the the death trend would be, you know, uh, a few years in, in, into in, into uh, the future. So you can see when you look at this uh, website how excess death rates have deviated from what trend and and and. Uh, normalcy is. So it's it's definitely a great question. A lot of people just use a five-year average, which is great if you don't have, a, if you have a static population, but if the population is growing or declining, it'll give you different answers. So we, we, we correct for that. And uh, we intend for this project, the humanity, humanity Project, which is free to everyone. It's all the data, excess death rates. It's got vaccination schedules depending upon the data in the country. Um, right now, we have the UK and Europe up. US is coming soon. And basically, this data can be peer-reviewed. It can be downloaded by people. It can be talked about and debated. 
And one thing on the website we tried to uh, stay away from was conclusions. It is what it is. It's the data. Uh, and the data shows some alarming trends. Excess death is up in most of these countries that I'm talking about, the UK, Europe, and US. Uh, there seems to be an excess death rate rise, especially amongst the younger age folks uh, in 2021 and 2022. It did not occur in 2020. So there's lots of public health questions that can be asked. Now, my, myself, Carlos and Yuri believe it's the vaccine, but we're open to any kind of uh, debate about it. People want to like talk about why this is occurring. That'd be great. But th the bottom line is it's occurring. It's happening. It's true. But it's not being discussed in the media, as far as I can see, or by any health global health agency at all. This is this is an epic, like I said, like the title of my book, it's an epic epidemic of sudden death. And now disability is also a huge problem. That's going to be 10 to 20 X the uh, actual deaths we're seeing. So this is a problem. We've identified it. The data is the data. And now we want people to start discussing this. Now we have our conclusions uh, and we, 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 we uh, encourage debate, but we, we want this to at least to be identified and talked about. Yeah, I think it's sort of a, I, as always, when things seem scandalously silent, I, I, I shake my head, I blame myself, I think I must be missing something. Is there something here that I'm not thinking about uh, that that creates a, a, a environment for the press to be unwilling to just at least report on this, talk about this? And the only thing I could come up with was maybe our models of what death projections should be are somehow inaccurate. If someone was criticizing the models you used to estimate death, what, what would they criticize? Um, they might come up with a different methodology. But again, these two guys are scientists. One is uh, currently an academic working with us. Another one was an academic, and now he, he's been in different hedge funds throughout his career. These guys welcome any kind of criticism and debate, but these are, this is rigorous scientific analysis. And they, they said to me, when we go into this project, Ed, if the data comes up that you're wrong, we're going to tell everybody that you're wrong. And I said, I agree. Mm -hmm. Well, the data is not coming up mm -hmm. that way. So the data is the data. In fact, Yuri had a conversation. He, you know, he's currently uh, an academic at a university in Portugal. And his colleagues call him crazy. But now they're starting to ask questions. And he says, look, the data is the data. If you don't like the data, that's fine. But I'm a scientist. And if you want to challenge how I did it, fine. But this is the data. You know what I think. You don't have to agree with me. But this is the data. So. We want to establish this is the data. This is real. Now, if you want to debate what's to, causing to, it, fine. Well, to, to a couple of things, I the the U.S. data is not up yet, right? I'm, I'm noodling around. No, on the that's, it's not here. up. It's be, it, it'll be up in a week. Um, the okay. U.S. has been covered a lot by myself and uh, other people. We have the insurance SOA numbers that I talked about with you the last time. The, the data is there as well, but we're going to look at it according to these methodologies as well, which. I'm told produce similar results to the work that the Society of Actuaries has already done, and my partner Josh and I did. So it's all it's all coming together, and that'll be up in a week. But now we, we you mentioned it was important to uh, this right now. You know, I I I, I love it. I, you know, you mentioned an epidemic of sudden death. I, I'm not seeing the sudden death data in here. Is that is that your previous data we're talking about? No, that's the, that's that's in the book. Uh, we, we we focus initially on uh, uh, 
fit athletes dying. We cite a study that uh, over 38 years came up with a number of about 29 athletic deaths per year over like 38 years uh, of people dying on the field globally. Well, that number, we're lucky if that number is 29 in any given day since 2021. So that's an anecdotal kind of thing. Then I, in my book, I go into the, the metadata you're seeing here. Um, sudden, sudden death is just about one thing that occurs. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be sudden death. It can be other. And again, for future projects, we're going to be working on the, what's called the V damage report. And we're going to be studying all the data uh, associated with adverse events and, and death and the causes. So this is, that's a project on the come that's going to require more data more help. And we're also making a call and a plea to other uh, academics and scientists to join our efforts. This isn't just Carlos, myself, and Yuri. We welcome collaboration. We welcome teamwork. We welcome, welcome scrutiny. And we're, uh, this website was launched under the principles of the, the Malone Doctrine, which I helped write for Dr. Malone, uh, which is in data integrity, integrity of, of, of transparency of what we're doing. This is transparent for everyone. We're not hiding. We're not uh, trying to uh, obfuscate anything here. This is the data. Couple of questions for you before we bring Dr. Victory in here. Um, based on the actuarial data and the insurance data you presented last time, why aren't the rates going up or are they? They are. So let me just update you guys real quick on what I found out since the last time I was on. So I have an insider in the insurance industry and the Society of Actuaries doesn't report excess uh, death monthly. Um, they kind of update it annually in a big report once a year. So we've got the 2021 numbers in August of this year. But I have access to the real-time data, and it was told to me the month of August in the Society of Actuaries for the group life policyholders, the excess deaths was 36% for 18 to 44. Let me repeat that, 36%. Now, if this was um, a pandemic that we are told is winding down, natural immunity and vaccines, suppose they worked, that excess mortality should be turning back to zero or even better than zero. It's, it's stubbornly high and it's a problem. And again, Dr. Drew, this is a population that is much healthier than the general overall population as their studies have proven beforehand in 2016 that they experience the uh, mortality rate of 30 to 40% that in any given year of the general US population. So they're experiencing crazy amounts of excess death. Um, and it's just, it's starting to weigh, weigh on their numbers. Let me also say this, Q3 numbers are coming out in the insurance companies and Lincoln National reported a disastrous quarter. The stock was down some 30%, I believe. Prudential has also reported. And what's going on there is they're revising their assumptions about mortality. And this has huge impacts on their reserves. And one of the products that they are having a problem with is called Universal Life, which you have the option to lapse it. Well, lapse rates are plummeting, and they're plummeting, I suspect, because people are worried about their health and may or may not um, be diagnosed with something uh, that, that, that came up recently. And so they're not lapsing their policies, and these insurance companies are taking big losses. So it's, it's not indirectly, they're not losing money directly yet. Uh, they are losing some money, but not uh, as much as they just lost recently directly due to the vaccine, which is my belief. They're losing it because excess mortality assumptions are wrong. And when they're wrong, insurance companies lose tons of money. 
So something's going on with excess mortality that we shouldn't be seeing yeah. at this stage of a pandemic. I, I agree. And, and that you simply can't be disputed that something is going on other than the anticipated death, if, if that's accurate. It can't be disputed. I'm I'm beginning to believe, however, there may be a bunch of things crammed into those excess death data. Do you have a plan to how to sort out what what's going on there? Like I, you know, if you see a clotting death, you know, you see a stroke, you see a MI, you see a embolic event. It's like, hmm, that's post COVID or vaccine in all probability. But if cancer is also going up, I'm not sure what that is, right? Or how do we parse this all apart once we collect the data. Well, that that hopefully is what the vaccine project is going to help illuminate something on. We haven't that's again uh we've been focusing on all cause mortality and uh and disability just to say there is a problem. And that next step is to try to identify it, but we're pretty certain what it is. And yes, are are are, are there more suicides, are there more drug overdoses surely? But exactly. not exactly. 35, not 36% uh and not specifically for the working age population that are employed. That's the smoking gun for me. And, and is it also the case that the countries that have more distribution of mRNA vaccines have more of this excess death? Is that what, what, is, what, is, what is packed into your conclusion that it's related to the vaccine? The biggest, the biggest single uh, um, smoking gun for all the countries if you take a broad back stroke is uh the age group uh 25 to 44 in almost every country experienced excess mortality in 21 and 22 versus 2020 and we do know that the, the vaccines were introduced in 21 and continue to be rolled out in 22 so that age cohort should not be experiencing excess death unless the virus has transmuted into only affecting younger folks. Secondly, um, we did discover in a number of countries, the vaccination schedule for children was not the same time as the adults. It was approved later, especially in the UK. And what we saw was excess death rising for all ages except zero through 14 um, uh, into into the fall of 2021. Then, then suddenly when vaccines were introduced, the excess death rates for that age group, which had been going down, mind you, because of all the uh, lockdowns and school closures and accidental death is the major, one of the major causes for uh, that age group to die. So there was less activity, less activity would absolutely foot to their excess mortality going down. It went started going back up as soon as vaccines were introduced uh, in the countries where that occurred. So that to me also says, hey, what's going on? And coincidentally enough, the UK um, did, I think, stop all vaccines for children under a certain age. I can't remember the exact age. Well, that that was and, that might, going to be my next question. Yeah, and and uh, well, ask your question, and then I think we should. I should just kind of show Denmark as a country uh, as an example of our website and the kind of data that's available there. Okay. So uh, it's just a simple m statement with a maybe a little bit of a question mark at the end of it, which is, is, is it not the case that the UK has been looking at this recently very seriously and taking action? I, I noticed um, I'm seeing videos of people testifying in front of the parliament and, the, and sort of really raising 
raising the fact that the not looking at this seems scandalous and we do need to look at this just sort of simply just much like yourself just like let's let's figure this out and i don't see any conversation like that in this country no not yet in fact our country is the worst right now and i would like to now um show you just an example of what can be one slice of one country's data that can be found on our website um denmark let me go i'm going to go to my screen here denmark is a country Yearly mortality for age group total. Uh, if you could throw that chart up, I'll describe what you're looking at. Hey, I gave you know what? Table. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. I'm gonna Ed. I'm gonna interrupt you because I know Kelly wanted to go over this particular data with you. So let's take a quick okay. break here, and then we'll bring Dr. Victory in. We'll all go over this data. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Great. Consumer price index yet again going up. Stock market in turmoil. What's our government doing to quell the surge of inflation that is? gutting american families oh yeah they're spending more money and adding to the burden don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated it's time to do something about this visit birchgold.com slash true now i don't give investment advice but you can visit birchgold b-i-r-c-h gold.com slash true birchgold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax sheltered account great people with almost 20 years of experience converting iras and 401ks into precious metals iras don't let your savings lose value visit birchgold.com slash true and claim your free no obligation info kit from birch gold you can own physical gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account and birch gold will help you do it birch gold has an a plus rating with the better business bureau countless five-star reviews and thousands of satisfied customers check them out now visit birchgold.com slash true and secure your future with gold do it now for a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's vitamin C serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genucel has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right. Save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to genucel.com slash Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. Some platforms have banned the discussion of controversial topics. This episode ends here. The rest of the show is available at drdrew.tv. There's nothing in medicine that doesn't boil down to a risk-benefit calculation. It is the mandate of public health to consider the impact of any particular mitigation scheme on the entire population. This is uncharted territory, Drew. And Kelly, I'll give you a chance to say hi to Ed Dowd, and then we'll get right into that Danish data. Yeah. 
Terrific. And welcome back. Uh, Thanks for coming back and uh, joining us for this. Before we get into the weeds on the Denmark data, which I really am excited to do, let me just get three quick things out there to sort of uh, level set or give some perspective to folks. Um, With regard to all-cause mortality, let's be clear, all-cause mortality is remarkably stable, Drew, year over year, independent of big events. In years where we've had world wars, uh, other pandemics, pandemics, um, other issues going on, all-cause mortality stays remarkably stable. Uh, Furthermore, when Mm. you look at certain age groups and the report that Ed was referencing um, with regard to sudden death in young, healthy athletes, this was a study that was conducted by the International Olympic Committee well before covid It dates back to looking at data from the mid-1990s until about 2006 and reported on the number of essentially professional-level athletes who had sudden death on any given year. And as Ed said correctly, the average was around 29 uh, athletes per year died of sudden death and what was uh, later determined in almost all of them to be cardiac-related. We now are upwards of 50 per month. Okay, 50 per month since the beginning of 2021 compared to 29 per year. Again, another, you know, data repository. And then the last thing I'd like to get at least on the radar for everyone is this isn't just Ed's data that he's looking. This is multiple pockets, multiple. You can look at the life insurance people. You can look at the disability insurance folks. You can look at the data being reported by all of the health insurers with regard to upticks in incidents of everything from pulmonary embolisms to cancers to infertility. You can look at the data from the three military, quote, whistleblowers on what's going on with the military. You can look at birth rates around the country. Okay, you have multiple independent sources of data, all which point to something catastrophic that is going on. So at a minimum, you would have to agree with Ed, something terrible is happening and why yeah, are the public bad. health some- you know, agencies who are tasked with following this stuff not following it? So now let's get into, well- uh, I will tell you, you know, obviously, you know, I agree w- with with Ed. I, you know, I think it is irrefutable, frankly, that it's the uh, vaccines. But, but why, why, the why reason- not even a press? Well, but let's say it's not the vaccine. Oh, oh, let's just say they, it's just oh, this observational data. Why is the why the silence from the from the people that should be reporting this? It's astonishing. Because be, my personal opinion is because they know darn well what it is. If they thought for a minute it was COVID, if they thought for a minute it was um, global warming, uh, if they thought for a minute that it was any of these other things, they'd be reporting on it. It's because they know darn well what it is. Because let's face it, we didn't have an uptick in all-cause mortality in any of these things in 2021 when we had the severe outbreak of COVID, when we had the original Wuhan strain that was killing people, even when we had Delta. This is a result or has happened on the heels of the rollout of the vaccines, Uh, not on, you know, when we had the more severe cases of COVID, Wuhan strain, and then subsequently Delta. 
So my personal opinion is that they aren't reporting on it because they know darn well what it is. And thankfully, people like Ed and his group are simply not going to allow them with getting away with keeping this uh, this data hidden. I think it's critical. It needs to see the light of day. And uh, I I agree. And I look look forward to the day. And I, I will step out when he presents the Denmark data for you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pushing the idea that maybe there are other things in the mix here. Like maybe the lockdown had a bigger effect than we knew. Maybe some of its facts, there could be, it could be multiplicity of factors, but it doesn't, whichever it is, doesn't reduce the need for it to be reported on, talked about, examined, right. parsed apart. So go ahead and we'll go to the, I'll, I'll step out here and let yes, you with Kelly to do, go over the Denmark data. Yeah, okay, so, so, so let's at least, really, let's start with that. Start with Denmark. Okay, so this, uh, uh, if you can throw up the first chart, which is yearly mortality for age group total in Denmark, um, uh, I can basically tell you that this is one country, one example. You can, when you go on the website, you'll be able to choose the method. Uh, we have three methods uh, to calculate the baseline. Uh, so we uh, we've, uh, we rest on method 2C, which is trend-adjusted death rate. That's what we think is appropriate. Um, this first chart you're seeing is excess mortality age group comparison for the country of Denmark uh, uh, from 2020 to 2022. And what you'll notice is we have it broken down by age. And uh, blue is 2020, black is uh, 2021, and uh, green is 2022. And that's excess death rates for the different age cohorts. And you can see, at least especially in the country of Denmark, which is the mo- one of the more starker examples, um, the excess death rates have gone up for basically every age cohort in the country into, into 2022. The, okay, so that, Correct. that in the country of Denmark, something horrible is going on. So what did Denmark do recently? They banned the vaccine for those under 50. Why why they keep it for over 50, we can debate that. But for under 50, they banned the vaccine. And they came out and said, we'd rather have you get COVID than the vaccine. So without saying, that's Orwellian speak for you're better off with COVID than the vaccine in terms of surviving. So that says something right there. The the government's never going to come out and admit this. So we, the people, have to basically just arm people with data and facts. This is a disaster. Now let's go to the other chart on Denmark, and is very interesting. Um, uh, let me go back up to that. So in the first, in the in the left-hand uh, box, yearly mortality for age group. You can see the long-term trend for deaths in Denmark. There's the trend, there's the death rates, and then there's the projections. And you can see what happened since 2020. It's off and to the right. Okay, and then you can see. This is, and that's for the total population. Uh, and you can, again, you can break this down by age group. We just took total because Denmark's the most stark example. And there's all sorts of things that you'll find in different countries, but mostly, the mo- just keep, bear this in mind, mostly young people experience excessive death rates in, starting in 21 and 22. Uh, and on the right hand side, you can see excess death rates and vaccination uptake, and it's gone up every year into 2022 in Denmark. So there's no doubt in my mind they stopped this because they saw the same data that we saw. Okay? This is you know, this is not a mystery. They're seeing what we're seeing. Now that begs the question, if Denmark's seeing what we're seeing and they stopped it, why in this country 
we're experiencing similar things. Why have they not stopped this? They see what we see. So again, I don't want to get into the who and why of what happened. But at this point, at this point, it's a uh, cover up and it's criminal negligence at this point because they see exactly what we see. And other countries are starting to stop it. So the longer this goes no, I, on, it, the more we can say it's criminal. And, and I, I agree with you, Ed, but I don't think it, they're just starting to see it. Uh, in the UK, for example, they stopped vaccinations for kids under the age of 15 some many months ago. And then about three months ago, they stopped giving the vaccines to pregnant women, lactating women, or women who were uh, trying to get pregnant. Uh, in Israel, same thing. They've started to back off. In Denmark, many of the Scandinavian countries Early on, not only early on did they uh, do away with the lockdowns and they opened their schools back up, but they were the first to jettison the, ma the vaccine mandates and to start limiting who would get them. Uh, so the question, I really do think we have to ask the question, uh, why, why are we not doing that in the United States? Why are our public health leaders, our CDC, why do they continue as of today to post, you know, safe and effective on their website when we have a growing uh, amount of data to indicate that, at a minimum, we should be asking some really serious questions. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and um, and again, uh, I'm not uh, a judge. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm a data guy, and the data I'm seeing at this point suggests a horrible event has occurred. I believe it's global vaccination. The proof is in the numbers and questions need to be asked and they're not being asked by the health authority. So that tends to suggest to me a cover up. At some point, this will be adjudicated by many, many individuals, but that's not my job. My job is to report what I'm seeing and it's, it's not good and it's not talked about. And again, as, a, as a, a former Wall Street executive that's seen many frauds in his lifetime, I've seen this behavior before. It's the cover up and the uh, not talking about what's, uh, you know, the elephant in the room. This is the elephant in the room. And the longer this goes on, the worse it gets. And I'm not going to let anybody off. How does the that hook. go down? Uh, you're, how, what's, how, what's that? In, in, how did, in, your experience, how did, in your experience, how does that unravel? How does it go down? How, how does the truth so, emerge? So when I was in the markets, there's a stock price. It's a voting mechanism. And stocks will tend to lead news by a long, a long period. So Enron peaked in 2000, went bankrupt in 2001 or 2002, but it took a long time for everybody to figure out there was fraud, but there were those on the margin who did and made a lot of money. I view this the same way. And that's why we're putting this data out. We're trying to help those who can make informed decisions and don't be the people who have to read this two years from now in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times. Because when you do, you will have already lost all your money or potentially your health and your life. So this is what we call on Wall Street so smart I, money versus dumb money. Well, and, and, and here, here are the stock stock payoff is uh, survivorship and, and lack of morbidity and mortality. But I have, yeah. I have a guest that wants to come up here from the, uh, from our audience. Uh, let's let, bring him on. Let me, ask, let me ask, let me ask, let me ask one interested. quick question here. Let me ask one quick question because I think be, I, I want to get this, um, and Drew asked, and I think one of the most critical bits of data that we need to get to understand this is what is going on in the parts of the world that do not have heavily vaccinated populations. I asked this question to Dr. James Thorpe, the uh, OBGYN maternal fetal health specialist. 
We are seeing these massive decreases in birth rates around the country. But I asked him the question, what about places like sub-Saharan Africa, where we don't have high vaccination rates? Have you and your team been able to look at all cause mortality in those areas of the world, and there are many where the population is largely unvaccinated for COVID. So, two things: the work we've just done required tremendous effort and heavy lifting. So, we focused on the problem at hand. The website and our call is we invite people to do those studies and assist us. Okay, and we may do them in mm -hmm. the future, but right now. That's a question that needs to be investigated, and we welcome it. And if, if the answer is that Sub-Saharan uh, Africa is experiencing the same adverse mortality, that would be a good indication that maybe there's something else at play. But if they're not, right. then that's more evidence for us. So we welcome transparency. We welcome anybody to help out here. We don't, we don't, we don't have a, a monopoly on the data. We just want the data to be out there and talked about gotcha. and distributed. Uh, Sorry, Rob, Drew, got, go, uh, there you are. Rob, come on in. We're going to bring Rob in here. Rob, Rob Schneider. Hi, guys. It's a fascinating conversation uh, that needs to be happening on, uh, not on Twitter, but on ABC, NBC, CBS, BBC, um, Fox News, everywhere. But we're, I think what we're, we're, we're tiptoeing around is captured agencies. In other words, agencies that, you know, that are supposed to be uh, monitoring and in charge of, um, of the uh, like the pharmaceutical industry, whether it's the FDA, CDC, and there's no firewall there. There is a revolving door, whether it's Gerber Ding, who used to be the head of the CDC vaccine division. And then all of a sudden, you know, she's running vaccines at Merck. Um, and then you also have, you know, captured tech companies. You have these. Um, and the, the really the problem and it's societal as well, because you have you know, propaganda is much more insidious in a in a de so-called democracy than it is in a totalitarian society. I mean, people in the Soviet Union, you know, knew the Pravda and Tass was BS, but people here do believe ABC News. They do believe the uh, New York Times, a lot of them. And so, um, when uh, when is this going to come around? I, I think until there's actual prosecution of people on the board of medicines who have obviously. Um, who've committed some sort of fraud. And until the, you know, board members and CEOs of pharmaceutical companies have some sort of prosecution, it's just going to take one, you know, uh, you know, uh, attorney general somewhere of a state, whether it's Mississippi or Missouri somewhere and bring, bring, um, and, and then I think like the, the cowed and, and, and captured media will, and the press will have to jump in. You know, it's interesting because if you do look at the numbers, don't lie. And it, that's why they have to focus on that. And it is stunning. I mean, it is an indictment, not on just on this, but why, you know, in swine flu, when 53 deaths, um, all of a sudden it was shut down uh, because I think you did not have the same capturing of agencies that you do now. And I, I don't think you had pharmaceutical companies uh, paying up, upwards in a non-election year, 85% of all ads on tech companies, uh, on um, television, radio, uh, the internet, uh, you know, you didn't have pharmaceutical products as uh, advertisers. So it really is that, it is that, uh, you know, deep there. I mean, and then, and then it, it does take time. Like, for instance, you know, one thing, I, I, if you look at lead gas and they, you know, uh, lead and gasoline, people did know 
that um, by uh, in the late 1920s, there was enough evidence to say that this is causing an increase in. Whoop. We lost Rob's phone. Well, you know, there's no, well, there's there no question. Yeah, there are many, there are so, there yeah. are many, there's many things in about. Well, there are many, many things about audience, this Rob. vaccine, pro, these, this vaccine program. Uh, there are unprecedented, not the least of which is that they have turned a blind eye to the VAERS system, their own system that they put in place uh, as the proverbial canary in the coal mine, the early warning system that the CDC put in place themselves they have turned a blind eye to. You are correct with the swine flu vaccine in 76. It was pulled from the market after 25 associated deaths. Uh, you know, we've never given a new vaccine on groups of people on whom it's never been tested and on and on. So lots of ways this uh, vaccine has been very different. And there's no question that corruption uh, in the agencies, it plays a huge role in that. Um, and, you know, you have said that you... You don't want to say sort of, you know, the, the why or the, or the who, uh, but you acknowledge that we need to be exposing this as corruption. And you and I have talked about this. Exposing it as corruption is the one way in which people who have been vaccine, vaccine injured actually have some recourse. As long as there's no fraud, the vaccine manufacturers are completely, they, they uh, enjoy blanket liability protection under the emergency use authorization. So where do you see this going in terms of exposing it for what it is, which is, as you said, fraud, corruption, criminal activity? Yeah, so I believe all those things. And I have a theory of the case and I have opinions on who and why and regulatory capture and whatnot. Uh, my goal is to change the marginal mind and stop this madness from going on. And I don't want to assault anyone's worldview because it's hard for people to believe the system broke down this badly. I just want to establish the fact that it's true, it's happening. I think it's the vaccines. And I think. If I can just stick to that message and get people convinced and not getting boosters, I think I've done my job. I have all sorts of uh, beliefs about what's happened and why it's happened. I don't think that's important right now. I think we need, in my humble opinion, this project that we've just launched is to get the data out there so people can make informed decisions and stop this madness. Now, what's going to come I, behind I'm, me- I'm one of the people. I, I'm one of, Before you tell me what's behind me, I, I'm one of these people that having I'm having trouble- reconciling this i really am even though i know there's that cozy relationship that rob schneider just mentioned i, I know that's there but i still i, I want to believe people that work in healthcare have the best interest of the people they serve in all situations and that has to be completely wrong if if we're going to indict some of these people or, or accuse them of this kind of thing whatever it might be well, look, th 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 this is a phenomenon that also includes mass psychology. There's all sorts of uh, people that, you know, ones that I've seen in my career, especially in finance, when momentum builds, it's hard to stop it. And people get on board, even though they, in their gut, they may think there's something up. But they're like, well, these other people believe it. And so that's what happens. It, there's kind of this hurting effect. And so I think a lot of people didn't do their due diligence who are doctors on this. And that's fine because the FDA is a trusted third party institution. If they've been thoroughly corrupted and if they were in this case, a lot of doctors are going to be feeling, I can't believe this happened. And rightly so. And there's been, I think, corruption at the FDA for a long time. We didn't see it as, we, as much as we were seeing it in these numbers because it was one-offs, one-off products and these and that. So 
this is this is something where the data is there, it's happening, it's true. And I think personally, it's going to change how we interface with our institutions for many years to come. But I'm not going there. I just want to prove to people this has happened. It's a cover up at this point, and let's have a discussion. And then is it a cover know, up, or they are they just don't they don't see it because of the two the tulip mania they're in? Is it is it a, a conscious right. cover up, or is it tulip mania? I think there's both. I think a lot of the rank and file are in uh, tulip mania. But if you're at the top looking at the aggregate data, you see what I see. And it's, I mean, you again, Denmark just pulled the plug on this. They they finally cried no moss. Yeah, you know, d- excess death going up every year into a pandemic with miracle vaccines or with natural immunity makes zero sense. As you know, Dr. Drew, it should be declining, heading towards zero. So this is where we are. Um, this is, you know, my partners and I in my book, the job of, of this is to get people aware that it's true. Because there's people, 90% of the, of the population doesn't know it's happening. I just want people to know it's right. happening. So talk a little bit more, Ed, about, let's go back to the Humanity Project and the website. You, you've parsed this data. You and your team have done the, the deep uh, analysis, the heavy lifting on the data out of the U.S., You've been reporting on that for quite a while now. Denmark, how how is this going to play out? Uh, do you guys plan to go country by country? Are you hoping for others to jump in and start providing their own data? How how does the Humanity Project look to you going forward? Well, the the all cause mortality data is 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 pretty cut and dry. This is this is from the databases out of Europe, Eurostat, and the UK ONS. So this is not. No one has to recreate the wheel here. The debate is the conclusions and or, you know, the methodology. And we're pretty we're pretty certain we got that airtight. Um, the the next step is I'm going to go, you know, I launched it here on your on your show, Dr. Drew. The next step is I'm going to go all over the independent media. I'm going to try to get on maybe some mainstream media if somebody uh, would have me and just talk about this project, talk about the data. And uh, from there, I want this to go viral. I want contributors to help us. Like you said earlier, if someone wants to do sub-Saharan Africa excess mortality, go at it and contribute to the, the Humanity Project. You know, we're looking for uh, data scientists. We're looking for people to join us. This is a, this is a project separate from the hedge fund. It's not going to be, we don't even have the hedge fund uh, seeding capital yet. So this is a very important project. We're looking for just, uh, I'm not even going to see any of the money. The donations go to servers and data links and it's that kind of thing. So the donation is not is not going to be paying anyone's salary. So uh, we're going to then, and this is uh, this is an important point I want to make. We're having discussions with serious large pools of capital who are kind of aligned with what we're seeing. It's not a question of if, but when we raise the money. And we will be at the cutting edge of this macroeconomic data. We will be investing as if this is true. We believe it's the vaccines and we will make our clients money on this. Okay, this has already happened. It's, and that's our viewpoint, and capital's gonna flow to us. You know, uh, money capital uh, has a life of its own. It's a, it's a force of nature, like gravity, like the oceans, it flows where it wants to flow. And the interest in our hedge fund product, I've never seen before. And that is what I call social proof. People are gonna start to look at this and act as if it's true and bet capital. So capital is gonna be deployed for these types of realities that we're seeing. And the rest of Wall Street will be still, you know, sleeping, sleeping at the at the switch. Put your switch gears for a second here, and put your your hedge fund hat on, and, and take this a little further. You know, Drew and I come at this 
as physicians, when you look at, if you are right and, and uh, excess mortality is up the way it is and disability is up the way it is and birth rates are down the way that we uh, are led to believe that they are, let's look at you know, what that really means long-term, the three-year, five-year, seven-year impact of those sorts of things. I remember back in 2010, the prediction was that one out of every two African-American kids and one out of every three Hispanic kids would develop type 2 diabetes. And I remember being appalled and thinking what that would mean for our healthcare system, those sorts of disabilities, those sorts of uh, drains on the medical system, what that was going to cost and what it means for productivity and on and on. Look through your lens with these decreases in productivity, decreases of people in the workforce due to disability, increases in healthcare costs, and all these other things. What does that mean for, in your world in terms of what we're looking at in the next decade? Well, many countries, especially in Europe and China, have hit a demographic wall already. So growth is already challenged globally. Um, this is only going to accelerate those challenges. Um, it's going to lead to continued um, permanent stagflation where labor is going to be uh, dear and hard to get. Uh, it's going to lead to um, a shortage of services and goods. And that's already occurring in my world anecdotally. I had a car that I had to junk. Uh, it was only a radiator problem, but it, took, it was going to take months and months and months to get the parts. The insurance company decided to cut me a check well above the repairs. This is happening all across the country. There's service individuals that aren't available. There's a backlog of everything, parts, labor. And so as a, as a macro hedge fund guy, I see continued inflation, low growth, and uh, a, a, um, services and, and goods we take for granted are going to disappear. And it's going to become harder and harder to, to do what we consider normal. Um, it's going to get very interesting and strange over the next uh, five years um, as a result of what we're seeing. And you don't have to believe us, but we're going to be putting capital to work based on these beliefs. And there are but big it, investors interested in talking to us about this. No, I, I think you're right. I think people have failed to connect the dots between, quote, supply chain issues and the lockdown, for example. I mean, there's, there's a direct relationship between uh, the lockdown and the, uh, you know, really the wet blanket it threw on manufacturing and that on top of uh, this new data about increased disability rates and death rates and, um, and decreased birth rates are going to have really, I think, a profound impact. When you start talking about an 8 or 10 or 12% decrease in birth rates, I mean, we are messing with uh, with something that I, I don't think we've we can even begin to get our arms around what that's what that's going to mean. Um, when you look, go back for a minute to your Denmark data. How does that compare directly to the to the data to the numbers you saw or have been seeing in the U.S.? How does Denmark look compared to the U.S.? Um. Denmark is is the outlier. The U.S. Uh, we, we're we're still crunching the numbers, but it's it's up and to the right, especially amongst yo uh, younger age cohorts and uh, older folks. Were, a lot of older deaths were pulled forward in 2020, uh, admittedly. So uh, there's a lot of disparity between the older excess death rates. But what what I can say concretely is most assuredly is that excess death is on the rise in the working age group, 18 to 64, mm -hmm. generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
I'm really trying to think of of you know what country gonna, would be a good exa- a good example of some place that didn't do this craziness. I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, Sweden didn't have lockdowns. They but and and right. their excess death rates were a lot lower. You can find that on the website. But what's interesting is once the vaccines were introduced, their death excess deaths, which were negative, actually started to become less negative and rise. So they they saw a decrease in a benefit as vaccines were introduced. So the trend is still there. Um, have you it's thought very interesting, interesting because, no yeah, question. yeah, that's super interesting have because Sweden, Sweden com- go ahead, Drew. I would say, have you thought about comparing by, by in the U S by state? Is there a non-lockdown and lockdown, heavy lockdown states? Is that something you guys are likely to do? Uh, at some point, but again, we were like, we're trying to look at metadata because we mm-hmm. The data in the states, unfortunately, the data from the states is reported at different times. Some states are great at reporting, some states are not so good. So it, it it's it's kind of it's kind of spotty. Um, that'll be that'll have to be done. And again, this this uh, humanity website is for all people to come in and do whatever they want to do and help us. Again, we we came at it from all cause mortality, excess death rates to begin, and there's enough here to show something horrible is going on. Um, you know, one thing I want to comment on Rob said, Rob made a good point. I, I look at this like the tobacco wars. Um, the way the tobacco companies eventually were found out was through state's attorney general. There were all these individual lawsuits and they were all dismissed by the courts because these individual people couldn't prove causality to tobacco, correct? They were dismissed, dismissed, mm-hmm. dismissed. Then some state's attorney found uh, a, enough evidence in these individual cases to file a lawsuit. And once the state's attorney does it, it allows discovery. And that's where right. we, I think that's, once discovery begins, it's going to get very interesting. And I encourage a brave state's attorney to at least think about this. This is, this is something that, that's how we get the ball rolling is the state's attorney general somewhere makes a suit and then discovery happens because that's where all the roaches are hidden in the discovery. Well, I was telling you before that there's been a recent uh, bit of uh, testimony in front of Congress with uh, Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky, where they were claiming that deaths from the vaccine have been grossly overestimated. Uh, They claimed falsely, by the way, that anybody who gets vaccinated and dies after getting vaccinated, regardless of cause, they say, if you get vaccinated and then go out and get hit by a truck, you're going to be classified on the VAERS system as having died from the vaccine. If you get vaccinated and get shot in the chest, you're going to be classified on the VAERS system as having died from the vaccine. That is simply not true. First of all, it is very onerous to even submit something to the VAERS system. Uh, There have been study study after study uh, reporting that uh, the VAERS system under-reports uh, vaccine injuries by as much as you know 10, 10 to a hundred times. So if if people are listening to what they are saying, they're trying to get um, sort of scramble to cover this up by saying that oh these aren't actually vaccine deaths; they're people who died you know of other things. That's not true. It during the COVID, the initial COVID epidemic, there's no question that the COVID deaths were overestimated because hospitals had a, a perverse financial incentive to report something as a COVID death. So if somebody came in after being hit by a car and incidentally tested positive for COVID, 
Many of them were admitted with a diagnosis of COVID because the hospitals made tens of, of thousands of dollars for each of those admissions. But the converse is not true. If somebody had a potentially vaccine-related issue that was submitted to VAERS, those should be adjudicated. And it's very clear if somebody died of a gunshot wound to the chest, they will not be counted as a vaccine death. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting times to spend. Right. Exactly. Oh, somebody's got it. Is that an Amber Alert, Drew? It, no, it's, uh, it is. We're having flash floods here. It's, it's, uh, no, we're building Noah. Student went out to build Noah's Ark in the backyard okay. because it's really, you know, you know, it gets here sometimes. Better yeah, the that than the, NSA, than the NSA shutting us down. Yeah. First of all, uh, the, uh, the website can be found, the Humanity Project can be found on financetechnologies.com. It's P-H-I. Uh, uh, pi is the uh, Fibonacci number, the golden ratio. So that's, uh, that's we call ourselves financetechnologies.com. So it's P-H-I, uh, nancetechnologies.com, and you can find all this info. One of the things I'm proud of on the site is we really don't, I mean, again, I have my opinions. Carlos has his, Yuri has his. The only opinion you really see is a statement. Uh, you would expect uh, that these excess death rates would go down um, as natural herd immunity and vaccines are introduced and less virulent strains. And that that has not occurred. So at a bare minimum, that's an observation that should have occurred and it didn't. So, again, that's if you want to call that a conclusion, that's an observation that should have happened and it didn't. No, I agree with you. And as I said, and I mean that, you know, all cause mortality rates are remarkably similar year over year, uh, independent of things like wars and pandemics. Uh, they don't just skyrocket uh, when we have a bad influenza outbreak, or frankly, they didn't skyrocket even in the midst of the initial COVID pandemic with a very severe strain out of Wuhan in 2020. Uh, so you're correct. Those are those are stable rates. Something happened in 21, uh, and it has happened in an age in age groups that you wouldn't anticipate it. And it's the thing that's most compelling to me is it is associated with other repositories of data that are that are reflecting similar worrisome things, including things having to do with birth rates, disability rates, uh, and and claims increases huge increases in claims of certain medical conditions, specifically things related to blood clots, strokes, uh, cardiac issues, infertility, neurologic issues, and so on. So I think when you look at all of those things combined, uh, there, there is a, there's more than just a signal there, Ed. Uh, there is a, you know, a, an alarm signal uh, that's going off, and we need people to listen to it. Have you um, gotten any, you know, any what I would call credible pushback, or anybody who's who's made an argument pushing back on your data that you've said, "Wow, I, I'm I'm not really sure how to answer that." That's a you know a good point. Is there are there any holes? In other words, I'm asking you, where are the holes in your data? Where are the holes in well, uh, in what you're presenting? Well, again, you know, these are the early criticisms where that, and Dr. Drew and I discussed them. You know, the suicides, the missed cancer screening mm -hmm. treatments, and the um, and the drug overdoses. And again, uh, you can see in certain age groups and the temporal spike into the third quarter of 2021 when the mandate mandates were implemented, that 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 argument doesn't hold sense. Mm -hmm. Now, are are those up? Sure. 
but they don't explain this massive increase in excess mortality across the globe. It just doesn't, it, and especially in, in certain temporal time frames when vaccines are introduced for children, children tend not to overdose on fentanyl. So there's a whole host of ways I can argue against that. The only criticism I did get was early on uh, when I first started talking about this and, and the uh, millennials experiencing a Vietnam War. AP and Reuters fact-checked me, and their comeback was, our experts say he's wrong. And that was it. There was no argument. It was just like, we talked to so-and-so, and they said he's wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it, when, and what I would say is, well, I absolutely agree. Uh, there's no question we had excess deaths related to the uh, fact that people could not avail themselves of healthcare services. Many people uh, missed cancer screenings, you know, mammograms, colonoscopies, that sort of thing. People didn't get follow up for diabetes. There's no question that there was some uh, increased deaths related to that, and no question that we had some increased suicides uh, and substance abuse uh, issues. But there was a corresponding decrease, as you pointed out, in deaths by trauma from children um, because they were kept at home. They were not out. There was a massive decrease in uh, vehicular um, deaths because people were not traveling. People were working from home. Commuters were way down. So there was a corresponding decrease in, in other um, areas of, or causes of death. So I can't say that they um, equaled out, but you would expect that there were some upticks and some down. Um, so any way you parse the data, there, there's still an enormous signal with increased uh, all-cause mortality, particularly in the age groups you're talking about. And I think the things that will help us, that will help to really make sense of this, is if we can get some really good data around areas of the world, areas of the, of the country, whatever it is, that do not have high vaccination rates. I'd love to look, for example, in the Hasidic Jewish community, in the Mennonite and Amish communities, which reach herd immunity very, very early on because they are insular communities. They support each other's um, you know, stores. They rarely go out of those communities. They worship together. They go to school together. They did not lock down and they didn't get vaccinated. I would like to see what, if you could look at some of these communities and compare their incidence of some of these conditions and see what their death rates were doing over time. I think it might help us to sort of narrow it down and make a, uh, a, a better argument that it, it can't really be anything else. It can't really be global warming. It's really got to be the vaccines. Um, I, I'm of the opinion the data in the smoking guns already there with the group life insurance cohort. These are very healthy people and they are experiencing, like I said, in August, 36% excess mortality. This yeah. is a disaster. This is the smoking gun is the US disability data that the employed people are 23% versus the general population and the group life, which is a subset of the employee population, very healthy. Uh, they experienced eight point differential in 2021 versus the general population. So something's happening to the employed people of this country in the US. And I have you to say- You learn in the UK, you learn the, the rest of Europe, there's something going on. The, the sudden death, the 27 per year versus 29 per day, that's the data right. that's still ring, ringing in my head. Yeah. As is yeah. Leonardo of Pisa's Phi. I'm still thinking about the golden meeting that you named your country, your company <laughs> yeah, yeah, after no, uh, the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're physicists. That's awesome. They're, 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 they're physicists. I see. The physicists did it. 
I, I was wondering, I was yeah. sitting here thinking, what could the financial meaning of the golden ratio be? I'm trying to figure it out. But it did it, it well, does you know, create a vortex when that, that's what the same that's what the ratio creates is a vortex. And it's interesting that's what we're talking about. What's that Ed? Well the the golden the golden ratio, believe it or not, uh, Dr. Drew, a lot of um uh trading strategies are uh related to Fibonacci numbers and it's it's a natural number that occurs throughout cycles, rhythms, growth in nature. So it's just it's a number that appears all the time, even in finance. So that's why we, we, we've taken to it. Kelly, we, we have to sort of move like towards it. the exit. I'll let you kind of, yes. I'll let you kind of wrap things up and uh, then I'll no, finish I, I the guess show the last I'll let question, you guys go. Yeah. The last question I would ask you before I let you go is I know that you, you stayed away from getting, um, too political or too accusatory, perhaps is a better word um, here today. And I appreciate that because I think it's it, it helps people just to look at the data and not make it uh, political. It, it, tell me in your book, which I'm hoping everyone's going to get out and read, uh, Cause Unknown, uh, it, do, you, do you have some theories that you actually lay out in the book um, that are, do you point fingers in the book? Uh, it was in the book originally. And we, it, it, as every great editor tell, told me, because it's my first book, Gavin DeBecker edited my book. He said, send them get to kill your babies. And we wanted the data to stand on its own. We didn't want to assault anyone's worldview. The data is the data. We did say and surmise it by saying, at this point, they see what we see, a cover-up is going on and criminal negligence and malfeasance has occurred. So we don't, we just want people to be aware that this is happening. First, is it true? Yes. What, what do I think? It's the vaccines. If you don't agree with me, why is no one talking about this? Why did the health agencies not talk about this disaster? That's it. So we'll see what happens. It's critically important. And the, the, the basis of this show, Ed, was uh, uh, that Drew and I were um, reminiscing about in times past, it was robust, vigorous debate. That was the cornerstone of medicine. Uh, and it seems to be um, remarkably absent during this pandemic. Not only has debate not been allowed, but it has been uh, actively silenced. Um, and so we are trying to bring back the platform for robust, respectful, full, vigorous debate. And I really appreciate the work that you guys have done. I'm looking forward to um, really perusing and playing around on that website, the Humanity Project, and hopefully seeing more and more data as it comes in with the help of others, because I think that um, that hopefully you've encouraged Absolutely. other people to jump in on this uh, and get, get involved and bring the data forward so that we can parse it and analyze it um, and expose it. So thanks for being here. Thank you. And, and I was told thanks, that, uh, I, I, thank you, Dr. Drew. I was told I have enough material for book two. They're trying to pitch me book two, which is the who and the why, but let's just get the first one out and, and just say, this is happening. But, yeah. And that's, and that's all I want. I, 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 I think, I hope you will come back as the data clarifies itself and uh, we'll be able to start talking meaningfully with proof of what, what's going on here. as you right. said, it's, it's what's yeah. going on and why are people rushing to explain it? I, and it's as you as you've explained, you've seen things like this, and it's happening on the margins, and pretty soon it picks up some steam. So hope that's sooner than later because uh, people are getting hurt. It's from whatever this is. Yeah. So Kelly, thank yes, you as I, always. I want, uh, you've got thanks. Yes, thank you. Go ahead, yeah. Finish yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. No, I just I just wanted to say you hit it the nail on the head. This is about the marginal tipping point. Let's get this info out and let's see where the chips fall. But we need to get it out and it's not being allowed to get out. And that's that, that I have a problem with. Yeah. And Terrific. Kelly, 
Last thoughts? No, I was just to say, yeah, I, I've, I'm carrying the torch next week in your absence, Drew, with Pierre Corey. Uh, looking forward to that. I will do my darndest uh, to to keep the thing going. And uh, then we'll look forward to um, circling back then after um, Thanksgiving with everybody. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Ed, Appreciate it. you're the best. Well Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. Come on, Kelly. Have a good holiday. And now Thanks, we're going to bring up well. my friend Rob Schneider one more time uh, because a uh, couple reasons. I wanted him to have a chance to talk about something uh, else in addition to what we were talking about here today. Um, but again, we will be talking to Tulsi Gabbard on the 25th, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving. God knows what kind of jet lag condition we will be in, Susan, but it's Tulsi Gabbard, so we will we will do it. Uh, Rob, you got to unmute your mic. We'll bring Rob Schneider back in here for final thoughts. And also to mention his movie, Daddy Daughter Trip. I'm going to give him a chance to talk about that. And our buddy, our buddy, uh, Jamie Lisso. Jamie, uh, Rob, you're muted. You got a microphone in the lower left-hand corner. You got to unmute. Oh, boy. We did get a super chat, too. on Chester. But I can't. Yeah, did you read it? Did you mm -hmm. respond he to it? He just was saying thank you. Hey, oh, yeah. Rob. Hey, buddy. I just, that was great to hear. It's just that it's, it's difficult um, for doctors and for people in the media like ourselves, who even pretty steely people, to withstand the onslaught of the attacks that that occurred. And I just think there has to be some shield in the medical community where people who obviously of, of well standing um, in, in their fields uh, can... Um, can be able to dispute something yeah. and talk yeah. about it. It always and was the case. It was always the case. Why it suddenly went away is really hard to understand. And hopefully we can kind of bring it back. It's It was so astonishing to me when it all went down. And to your point about silencing well-trained people, there's an article out now that examines who got silenced and who got canceled. And it's all these high-level people with academic, you know, unblemished academic career, 30 years of clinical experience. Those are the ones we chose to crush. That's the part that's even more bizarre than anything else. It is. And it's a lesson learned. And I do think that some of the stuff we need to look at, like one of the things I found to be very interesting was like, I started to talk about it was lead gasoline. Mm. They knew in the late 1920s that it was increasing the murder rates in urban areas. But it really wasn't until 50 years later in the late 70s when they started to take the lead gas out. So I really do think that there is like um, it, it really is uh, when something becomes so ingrained in the as far as it's ingrained in the media, it's ingrained in business. It is it's, it takes a long time to, to turn that around. But I will say, though, if there is a case uh, of fraud that goes out and I do think that you're going to have some very interesting potentially interesting um, hearings in the House if uh, if it indeed does switch tonight. Uh, there's the potential for that. But you'll see, though, that also the Republicans are very moneyed by the pharmaceutical industry as well. So I don't think that's in their interest to want to expose this. They're just going to want to move on. We'll see. Uh, you know, it, we'll see. So we'll, we'll see. But this, these important conversations are, 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 are necessary. And like for the people who shamed us at the New York Times, you know, we should shame him because everything we said, Drew, you and I, we were right about. Calm yep. down. Yep. It doesn't seem to be uh, as infectious to the general population as it seems. And we knew that in March of 2020. Yeah. So this is, we're jumping to conclusions. So it's a difference. And also the difference with people's reaction, as opposed to swine flu, not everybody had immediate access 
to uh, the onslaught of social media, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. just that the fear uh, was able just to drive people uh, to act and react in ways that, that wasn't the same during the swine flu. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Time. Well, listen, uh, I wanted to give you a chance. Is Jamie in your new movie? Uh, yeah, he's in the new one. Yeah, a daddy daughter trip, and we'll we'll have it out. We release it in some cities, and it'll come out again in the spring. All right, we'll and it's it's a lot of fun. And, and I'm performing with Adam Sandler, and um, right now I got to. He just calling me. I got to go downstairs. Me and David Spade and Nick Swartzen are performing at the Hard Rock, and uh, tell some jokes and what, uh, in the free city? state of Florida. Florida. So all those guys are friends of mine. So please say hi. And and uh, Sandler <laughs> hired my son for a period of time as a production assistant. But but uh, Schwartz and I've been seeing hadn't seen him for years. Now wherever I go, I run into Nick. And uh, <laughs> he's a good guy. We love guy. you. We love you, Doctor. You've always put your integrity above uh, the popular opinion, and we respect you immensely for that and how you put yourself out there. And the the good people know and the history will show you've been on the right side of history and you put yourself out there and i really respect we'll you a ton for that rob uh, as always thank you buddy and we'll see we'll see okay I mean, it could be wrong i don't know we'll see but i'm, <laughs> I'm interested to find out i want if, if we're right we got to get on it that's the bottom line it's sort of scandalous to me that um that it's not we're not rushing to understand this if if indeed that that excess death thing is is accurate which please go on that website and analyze it look for yourself it's, it's a really sort of a what do they call it when everyone goes into one website and uh, works on it together? The pub, uh, open crowdsourcing, open access kind of thing. Crowdsourcing. Thank you. Uh, and please go do that, everybody. Let's get to the bottom of this. Great Rob Schneider, buddy. I think appreciate you being here. Love Rob. Uh, yeah, Rob's been a friend for a long time. We were we were attacked at the beginning. You and Rob. <laughs> yeah, we're together. Just for having a conversation. It was about the New York Times about calming down. That's really what we were talking about. Everybody, the panic's not going to help things. Young people do pretty good. That's sort of what we were saying. And um, nope, nope, you have to be crushed for that. And so, yeah, that and, was a weird time. No kidding. Terrible. No kidding. But here we are trying to get to the truth, and uh, maybe we'll understand why those reactions and it's all coming together slowly but surely i'm starting to understand it so i hope you are too so as we said tulsi gabbard in here uh that's friday the 25th we'll be away otherwise susan and i kelly will be in here and with caleb holding the ship together she'll be talking to pierre Corey next wednesday three o'clock pacific time and we're going to be unless we have to float down the freeway to lax another, did you I see got that a, i got an suv instead of the uh, xl because i want big no did you did you uh, get that alert that said yes. don't, don't drive don't, don't drive, drive yeah alert. well hopefully everybody will so, get off the freeway so we right. can get there fair enough thanks everybody for being here we'll see you uh, see you with pierre Corey next wednesday with kelly it's a week from tomorrow and then us day after thanksgiving with tulsi gabbard we're still going to be off schedule a little bit in the following week and then we'll get back on our usual schedule we'll see you we'll see you after thanksgiving have a good holiday everybody Ta -ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Oh.